Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Can I get an amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Hey, man, coming into Wednesday night service, you always get that midweek fill up, get the boost to get you through the rest of the week. And we're going to have a great time tonight because anytime the word of God is presented, it never returns unto him void. And it always accomplishes everything that the Lord sends it out to do. Amen. Let's stand up together tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America. And we are seeing America come to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give God some praise tonight. And you may be seated. All right, we've got a few announcements going on here. And uh, so pay attention. First of all, I just want to remind everybody, hey, if you are uh, not here in service, make sure that you get a chance to watch online and uh, take advantage of that opportunity. It's a great resource that we have. So if you have to miss a service, make sure that you're watching online so you stay up to date on everything that's going on. And then I want to remind you, um, membership class, uh, we had to postpone it from a couple weeks ago. It's going to be this Sunday night from 4 to 7 p.m. All right, so this Sunday from 4 to 7, there's child care available, and we're trying to, you know, make it at the best time that we can so uh, everybody can be there that wants to go. We've got a great uh, number of people signed up, so that's a really good sign for us. But if you uh, have not signed up and you'd like to, you can do that at the info booth tonight, and and make sure you get your name on there because that is coming up this Sunday. And also coming up very, very soon is Harvest Fest. Yes. 
So uh, be ready for that. That's going to be Friday, October the 29th, and our team is getting everything uh, lined up and geared up for that. And so uh, we're going to be doing the best we can to bless the kids, bless the families. It's totally different this year than in previous times. Uh, we're trying to be really interactive and get you a chance to connect more on a personal level with everybody. If you would like to give towards Harvest Fest, uh, you can do that. Just mark your envelope real plain harvest fest and uh, and we'll make sure that it gets there but i think they told me they're doing a budget of about two thousand dollars and that'll really cover to where we can uh do all the stuff that we want to do to bless the families and bless the kids and be a really awesome time together as we celebrate the time of year that we give thanks amen who's in here is ready for thanksgiving i don't believe you i don't believe you that was weak who in here is ready to eat some turkey and give thanks here very very soon come on yeah. So Thanksgiving's coming up. But after that, and we all know that pretty much we're almost there, but it, it truly is almost the most wonderful time of the year. Anybody in here got your Christmas tree up yet? Let's see. All right. We got, we got Alexis back here. She's got her tree up. Hey, you know what? I respect that. That's great. You got yours up? Her Christmas lights. Those are up from last year. Hey, I live by you. I live by you. That's a head start right there. <laughs> Amen. All right. But anyway, uh, Christmas is coming up, and it is awesome because we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. Where would we be if Jesus had not been born into this world? Come on. And if he had not lived his life and died on the cross and rose again. So Christmas is a big deal. And I want to tell all the parents that uh, the, the children's ministry, they are they are starting practicing for the Christmas play. We're going to have a Christmas play again this year. We didn't get to do that last year, so super, super excited. And if if you've never been here for one of the Christmas plays, it is powerful, and it's also extremely cute. And so it's it's so cute to see the kids uh, just giving their best for Jesus. So parents, make sure that your kids are here for the children's services, because if they're not here, they're not going to be able to practice and be involved in it. So super important that you get the kids here so they can participate in this. And it is an awesome, awesome time. So, um, you know, Betty and Miss Leah, they've got all the information on that. But take advantage of it. And listen, it is so important for us as parents that we are raising our kids in the ways of God. They've got a lot of things coming at them in this world right now. They've got a lot of wrong voices. They've got a lot of wrong information. They've got a lot of not great things coming at them. And listen, they need to be in the house of God. And we as parents need to be teaching them the word at our homes. Amen. You won't regret it if you raise them in the ways of God, but you got to start now. It's never too early to start teaching your kids the Bible. If you're like, hey, my kid's only a day old, then you've already got a late start. We should have been reading to them while they're in the womb. Amen. And so start now, parents, teaching your kids about the Bible and the ways of God, and you won't regret it. Amen. I mean, that's a good word for you right there. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one. And we are going to open up our Bibles tonight to James 1 and verse 22. James 1 verse 22. And I know some of you probably already know what that verse says, but that's all right. James 1 and verse 22. I'll do this in the King James tonight. James 1, verse 22. 
And, uh, man, this is a verse that applies to every single area of our lives. And it really does apply to our tithes and our offerings, too. And so, James 1.22, say it with me. You know, let's say this together. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so somebody that hears the word all the time, even somebody that's just memorized, people tell me all the time, man, this brother over here, he's memorized so much Bible. And I'm like, that's really awesome. But what would be great is if this brother would do some of that Bible that he's memorized. Amen. It's not enough to just know the word. It's not enough to just memorize scripture. It's not enough to just even read scripture, even though that's all great. But if you don't do any scripture, if you're not a doer of the word, you're deceiving yourself. And isn't it bad to be deceived? I mean, I don't want anybody to trick me. I don't want anybody to pull the wool over my eyes. I don't want anybody messing with me. But what's even worse than somebody deceiving you and tricking you is you doing it to your own self. And you may think, well, that's hard to do to trick yourself. It is hard to do. But if you hear the word only and don't actually do it, you're living in deception and you can't blame the devil for it. You can't blame your wife for it. You can't blame your husband or your brother or whoever else. You can't blame the preacher. You got to blame yourself if you hear the word and don't do it. And so this applies to every area of our life, but it also applies to the area of our finances. Amen. And so if we're like, man, I know the Bible says bring all the tithe into the storehouse. I know the Bible says give and it shall be given unto you. I know the word of God says, and that's really great that you know it. But until you actually do it, you're going to be deceived and you are not going to receive the blessing that God has for you. And I don't know about you, but in 2021, I need every blessing that God's word promises. I don't want to sell myself short. I don't want to cut myself out of any of the blessings. And it's and it, we are in the end times. We are at the end of this whole thing. There's no time to be messing around. And so if the book of Malachi says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, and God will take care of you, he'll rebuke the devil for you, I am going to do that. I need every blessing that God has for me. Is there anybody else with me tonight saying, I need it all? And it's not because I'm selfish. I know that God's word is true. Amen? All right. Well, with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over our giving. And you need to know that we speak these words of faith not out of tradition, not out of an old habit that we have, but we do it because we do everything by faith. The Bible tells us anything that's not of faith is sin. And so I'm going to give my tithe by faith. I'm going to speak words of faith over everything that I do because the just, the righteous shall live by faith. We don't just talk about faith around here. We don't just drive by and wave at faith on Sunday. We live our lives every day by faith. Is there any faith people in the house tonight? All right, faith people, stand up together, and we are going to speak these words over our tithes and our offerings. Amen. Say it and say it like you mean it. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, 
debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. All right. Let's get started. When you want to drop off your tithes and offerings to worship the Lord on tonight, join us up here at the altar. our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, He
rescue those who are his in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the way maker, Father. You make rivers through the desert, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, moving in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Yes, Lord. Because you are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You
woman who believes, blessed are you. And even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop
had the devil known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because when he crucified Jesus, Jesus paid the price to break the bodies of Satan over mankind. And then, not only did Jesus not stay dead, but we're all here now. All the Christians that have come since that crucifixion and that raising from the dead has produced many Christ, little Christ. That's us. And so I said that to say this. It's the same thing when Joseph went into captivity. Joseph went into captivity and he came out a king. He came out setting Israel free. And so in your life, if you can just look at life this way, whatever attacks are coming to you right now, if you will do what I teach the Word of God to do tonight, then Satan's going to be sorry he ever launched one, one missile in your direction. Amen. But it's up to you. I want to say that again. It's up to you. What are you going to do with what you hear? Are you just going to think, well, this is a nice little church, a nice little service, and I come here because I like to come here because it makes me feel good. Well, we don't want you just to feel good in church. We want you to do good when you leave the church. The darkness is not in here. It's out there. And you're the light. But what are you going to do with what you hear tonight? It's all up to you. And so tonight, uh, I, put, I put a title on this. Your faith will always receive whatever you need. Your faith, not your pastor's faith, not your husband or wife's faith, not your grandma's faith, not Jesus' faith, your faith. And when we look at the Word of God, Mark chapter 5 tonight, I'm going to break this down and show you exactly what I mean by that. Your faith will always receive whatever you need. Look at Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Dylan. I was, I was waiting on that. I needed that. Actually, I didn't need that, but they needed that. Let's say this again. We're going to turn to Mark chapter 5. Okay. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 34. But I want to, I'm, I'm going to teach this night in uh, what I call the sandwich style. I'm going to look at the, at, 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 at the top layer, then the bottom layer, and then I'm going to put the ingredients in it. So in other words, I'm going to show you how this story starts, how it ends, and I'm going to show you why it ended like it did. And so in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 and 26, and a lot of you probably heard this taught a lot of times, you probably studied it, we're going to hit up a fresh perspective tonight, that if you'll listen with the eyes, with the eyes of your faith, you're going to see some things that you never saw before, and I really believe with all of my heart there's going to be some people tonight going to see what they need to do to have the breakthrough they need for where they are in life. How many wants a breakthrough? Amen. Okay, and so verse 25 says, And a certain woman, and I always like to point out this is not a parable, but something's a parable, make-believe thing to help you understand some things. It always says that Jesus taught a parable. But some of the stories in here were real-life true stories of people's real lives, like they could talk about Heidi. It said there's, it says a certain, there's a certain young woman that you don't need to get married, want to have some babies. And so God did some miracles in Heidi's life, so she got married to the man God had for her, and she had those babies God wanted her to have. And it took a lot of faith for Heidi to have babies where they were. And so he could tell that story. That wouldn't be a parable. Well, he spoke a parable about a young lady. Well, he spoke a lot of parables. But he gave a lot of testimony stories, too. And so when you look at this, realize this was a real person could be you. As a matter of fact, 
if the Bible were still being written today, where it was written down for people to read, probably everybody in here could be used as an example of a faith person that God did miracles for. But some people right now still need those miracles. So that's why you're sitting here tonight to hear about how this works. And so the top layer of this sandwich we're looking at says a certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years. Issue of blood, that's female troubles. And I'm not a female, but I had a mother. I've got a wife, and I've got three daughters. And I've known a lot of women I prayed for, and so I, knew, I know female troubles isn't a very fun thing, not a pleasant thing. And if you had it for, for 12 weeks, that'd be a long time. If you had, if you had trouble, uh, bleeding trouble, for 12 months, that'd be an eternity for a woman going through that. This woman went through it 12 years. Has anybody ever ever had a crisis that you went through for a long time? And you thought, will this ever end? Will this ever end? Well, this woman went through this for a long time, real person. And then it says that uh, she suffered many things of many physicians. And I know that, uh, you know, ladies go to doctors. Most doctors used to be men. And it wasn't fun to have a man poking around looking at you and trying to figure out stuff. And so she suffered many things, many physicians. She spent all that she had. And so not only did she have all these health troubles for 12 years, but then she went broke. If she spent all that she had, does that mean bankrupt? Sounds like it to me. She had nothing left. She spent it all on doctors. How many here have known somebody in modern times that spent all their money on doctors and they were still sick? Amen. That's where she was. That's I'd call this a real crisis, wouldn't you? And not just something just happened quick. Oh, man, look what happened to her. Twelve years. Twelve years. They watched this lady, knew how rough it was on her. And you know what? There's people been watching you for 12 years probably or however long you've been going through things, and it looks like it's over. It's hopeless. And so it said, it said she got nothing better, but she rather grew worse. Can you imagine that after 12 years, going to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and begging, borrowing, stealing every, every dime you can get, and thinking, they said, doctor, see me, but i got to have money. And got there, and after 12 years, still no help. Now for the sandwich part, I want to stop right there and go down to verse 34. Because that's just the beginning of the story. But then verse 34, this is the bottom layer. This is the bottom bread. It says, And Jesus, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Glory to God. Her faith. Her faith. Her faith. Not Jesus' faith. Not her pastor's faith. Not her good, her good Christian friend's faith. Her very own faith made her whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And like what I heard a great, a great uh, Hebrew scholar lady teach on this years and years ago when he said, thy faith have made thee whole. So that whole comes from that word shalom. Have you ever heard that Jewish word shalom? Well, shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing, everything restored. And so she said that according to the Hebrew shalom, that her fortunes were restored. Her faith received what the covenant had for her. She got her health. She got her money. She got her blessing. Her faith did that. And I want to show you why, why, why Jesus said, Thy faith have made thee whole. I want you to see a little thing here in the Bible that if you're a casual reader, you don't catch this. And so look down. I'm going to cut through this detail in a minute. But I want you to look down at this at the end of verse 29. It says she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So she knew when the power of God came in, she was healed. And then look at this. 
It says Jesus immediately anointed himself, that virtue or anointing that got out of him, turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now get this. If Jesus' faith did it, he wouldn't have said, Who touched me? There was a lot of people in that crowd. A lot of people were touching him. Then his disciples said, Lord, look at the crowd. The multitude's thronging you. What do you mean who touched you? They said, everybody's touching you. But Jesus, the man of God, said, no, somebody touched me that had faith. How many people in a church like this are going through similar things, praying the same prayers, but they don't all get the answer? Could it be that maybe somebody touched him with faith in their prayers? Just ask them a question. You know, how many people get the same diagnosis, go to the same kind of churches, but they don't all get healed? And then people want to blame it on God. Say, well, God just chooses he picks. No, he doesn't. The Bible says God's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And so before I move on, I want to make sure you get this. Because when we read these stories here, we think Jesus just went around with some kind of magic wand. And if Jesus just showed up, all you have to do is get around Jesus, man, he points at you and it's all over with, man, you're done, you're healed. That whole crowd was there. And you know, when I was meditating on this verse today, I was thinking, I wonder in that crowd how many other people had serious illnesses. You know what? You can't get a crowd of people together like that and not have somebody sick of there besides one woman. <laughs> Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Just what you think about this. His disciples said, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? He said, everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me that had faith. And so she, I like to say it this way, she, with her faith, made a demand on the gift. That's why a lot of times at a church service, There'll be people come in at church service. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost church. And you'll have the man or woman of God do the preaching up here. And all of a sudden, they'll hit a bunny trail. Or they'll stop the point. They'll say, Dave, come here for a minute. I want to tell you something. That's because Dave came in expecting God to talk to him tonight. He wanted to hear from heaven. His faith was up there. Lord, I'm not saying this about Dave. Just look at it. He said, Lord... I know you're real. I know the Bible's true. And you know I believe. I just ask you, Jesus, please speak to me tonight. Speak to me tonight and help me. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking out there at all the faces. I think, man, this is a wonderful crowd. And also look over there, and there's a glow on Dave. And I hear in my heart something God wants to say to Dave. Well, everybody here wanted to hear something, but Dave specifically had his faith out there. They wanted God to speak to him about something he was really facing that he had to hear something because he was at his wit's end. And so when you come into church service, it's like the crowd. It's like that crowd thronging Jesus. They were crowding in, but one person pressed in. And Jesus said, wow. He said, I don't know what happened, but man, the power of God just came through me. And somebody got something. Who was that got that? And then that woman then began to tell him what happens. And I want to show you what got to the place where Jesus would have said, Chuck, your faith has made you whole. The things you're believing for, they're coming to pass because your faith touched Jesus. Amen. And, you know, I'm just looking at different people like that because that's how real it is. 
Jesus knows the number of every hair of every head in this room. Not only that, Jesus knows the number of every hair. And when I say the number, the Lord told me years ago, don't quote that how a lot of preachers do. He knows how many hairs. He didn't say that. He said he knows the number on every hair. If he knows the number of every hair, he didn't say he knows, he didn't say the number of hairs. He said the number on every hair. And so you think about this. Every person in Saudi Arabia, in Africa, in Central America, every person everywhere, Jesus knows every time a hair falls out, he is so omnipotent, he knows what the number on that hair was come off that head. If he knows that much about us, he even told us that your father knows what you have need of before you ask. But you notice, he didn't just say your father knows you have need of. He put a qualification before you ask. That's what that means. Then you ask. You asked that you may receive. Amen. You need to do more asking in faith and less, less asking just to be asking. Amen. And so anyway, I want to go back and start going through this now. And I, w I want to see what it was that her faith did to make her whole. And I want to say this. If her faith can make her whole, then your faith can make you whole mentally, physically, financially, in your family, socially, on your job, wherever you need, whatever you need restored, shalom, your faith, because there's no respect to a person, but respect to a faith, your faith can change whatever it is that needs changed in your life. Your faith can do it. You know, you need, you need to quit calling the prayer line and whining and stop and do some things we're looking at tonight and seriously talk to heaven and then stick with it, what we're going to see here, and then your faith will provide for you everything you need. So whatever the Bible says is yours, you can have if you learn these faith principles and apply them. Now I want to look at the ingredients on this faith sandwich. If you're taking notes, write down one, two, three, four, just straight up and down, and then beside them will be some simple things I want you to put on there. And we're looking at the faith ingredients. Get it again. I showed you the start of this story. Twelve years, sick, got worse, went bankrupt. Then at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the story, on the bottom, on the bottom slice of bread, said, your faith made you whole, lady. Go home. You're healed. You're restored. And so we're going to see what those ingredients are in between those two slices. And so I want you to look at verse 27 from point number one. It says, when she had heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. And so point number one, she heard. She heard. And, uh, you know, I, I still think it's good to look at things no matter how many times we've heard them because you need to keep seeing them. And I want to show you why it's so important of what she heard. Is Jesus the Word? Amen. The Word was made flesh and dwell, as among, dwell among us. And Psalms 107 verse 20 says he sent his Word and healed them. He sent Jesus and healed them. So look at Romans 10, 17, but hold your place. And, you know, uh, a lot of you ought to be able to quote Romans 10, 17 and know where it's at and everything like that, but we need to keep looking at it and sit it again. And this is the first step. This is the first step of your faith Whatever, whatever you're facing in life, 
if it's a family problem, if it's a job problem, health problem, kid problem, money problem, whatever it is, this is the first step. If you want Jesus to be able to say, who touched me? Pastor Dave, your faith touched me. Go, you're healed, you're whole, you're restored. Amen, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I don't want to get off the buddy trail too long, but I want to tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say by hearing by the word of Mr. Google. Mr. Google's not God. Why would anybody with a serious diagnosis Google to find out about it? What Google says your life expectancy is with it. I would never Google. I didn't Google when I had that diagnosis. I wouldn't Google that stupid stuff because that was the problem. I already knew what that was. I needed the answer. I didn't Google. I got it. I went back to the Word of God, been teaching healing for years and years and years and years, and so I studied healing again, forwards, backwards, upside down, inside out, but I never looked at Google one time to find out what that doctor said was killing me. Faith didn't come by Google. Fear comes by Google. Dr. Arley told me that it's going to kill you. So why did I have to go to Google for Google to confirm that the doctor said was true in the natural that that blood disease would kill me? So what I'm saying is this. Now, you listen to me real good. I'm not preaching mean. I'm preaching bold because I want people helped. You need to throw Google away and lots of other things. And then don't go on Facebook and ask everybody else, hey, the doctor just said I got this. Can somebody tell me something about this? You know anybody else ever had it? You know what they're all going to tell you? Well, I know a so-and-so had it. She died. I know that he had it. He died. I know that my cousin had it. She died. Well, I know this one had it, and he's a vegetable now over in the nursing home. That's what I know. You know what you're going to have? 2 Timothy 1.7. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Fear cometh by hearing the word of the world, the word of the devil. How about your marriage? Why are you going to go talk to a bunch of losers? Been married and lost all these times, and then ask them, hey, what do you think about this? What should I do? You know what they're going to do is they chew their bubble gum and pop their bubbles? I think you ought to leave the jerk. Or, or, or the guy, you know what? She's no good. I tell you what, my first wife is just like the one you got now. And my second wife, my third wife, my fourth wife. About every one of them's a loser. You're married to a loser. What's the Bible say? You got to find out what the Bible says about these things. And so this woman her here, after she went through all these things, she was broke, no money, and then says, when she had heard of Jesus. And I, I, always, I, when I look at this, I always think this. This woman wised up as she changed her source of information. She ran, to all, she, she ran to all the world people, and she got worse. Since she finally thought, man, that's enough. I've heard about Jesus to all these other people. Now I'm going to run to Jesus. And so we're talking about this faith sandwich that got her holds. And so she heard of Jesus. Now go back to Mark chapter 5. And whatever you do, you've got to guard yourself 
from knowledge that's going to put fear in you and steal your faith. You've got to guard yourself. I don't have a lot of time to get funny, children, but I'll just tell you this. When Pastor Dave got diagnosed with leukemia when he was three and a half years old and crippled, the hospital thought they was doing me a favor. I was already a word man, already teaching healing. They gave me this great, big, fat book, really fat uh, hardcover book, wrapped in real fancy stuff there about childhood leukemia. I don't even think I took it out of the hospital. I think I threw it in their own wastebasket. He had childhood leukemia from the devil. I wanted healing from Jesus. So all we did is just pressed on the word that much more. And I looked at that book. I thought, man, that's a pretty book. They got a lot of money best of that book. But I thought, if I read that book, my son will die. So right in the trash can. And so I want to tell you something. You've got to put value on what's real sometimes. And there's nothing more valuable than the word of God for the information you need about your marriage, about your kids, about your job, about your finances. If you're looking at bankruptcy, get in the word, do what God tells you to do. And if you're to the point where you have to go through bankruptcy, there's no condemnation in it. You just learn what you did and do it better the next time. You have to do it twice. Amen. And so point, point, number, point number two, I want you to look at verse 28. It says, for she said, and I circled that, for she said. So she heard something. Then she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And so she said, and so you've got to change how you talk about what you're going through. You've got to say what the Bible says. You've got to answer You've got to answer what the devil's trying to destroy you with, with the word of God. You remember when Jesus was tempted? He always told Satan, it is written, it is written, it is written. He quoted the word of God. The Old Testament's all there was. He quoted what the word of God said. And so you've got to learn to start speaking the word, speak the desired result. And I, I want to show you something. Just flip down to Mark chapter 11 and... You need to keep on hearing this and hearing this and hearing this. Verse 23. I saw a note here. I spoke to the church on September 5th. I'm going to read it in just a second. Verse 23. Remember what she said. I shall be whole. Well, Jesus said in Mark 23, a basic faith principle. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, I wrote my Bible. I wrote my Bible. This means me because I'm whosoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, was that a mountain she had, 12 years, female trouble, mountain, was that a serious, big, big problem, mountain problem? Shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Something I learned as a young Christian that I've walked in all the days of my Christian life, I learned the difference between my mind and my spirit, my heart. Every crisis I've ever faced, my head's been bombarded with doubt. There's no way it'll work. This can't happen. No good, no good, no good, no good. But I didn't doubt in my heart. And what I've had to do with looking at major problems, whether it's church problems, money problems, health problems, family problems, I always have to get alone and close my eyes and say, Jesus, I've listened to my heart. And Lord, in my heart, I don't doubt. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know who, I don't know, but I know what you're going to do. Your word says, 
And Lord, I believe in my heart. I don't doubt. And you said, I shall not doubt in my heart. And that's what I do. And I make my head shut up. <clears throat> and those doubtful thoughts that hit my head never come out of my mouth. Amen. They don't come out of my mouth. And you, you've got to get a hold of this. You got born again, not because of what your head believed about Jesus, but what your heart believed. And that's Romans 10, 9 and 10. says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For if the heart man believeth unto salvation, with the mouth confession is made, your heart, your spirit, and your mouth are your key to victory or defeat. And keep it in mind, we're talking about this lady. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. As I want to say it again, God is no respecter of persons. He's respecter of faith. And we're going to be looking at James 1 and 22 in a little bit. But right now, a lot of you are hearing things tonight. But how many of you, for what you're facing, are going to be doing what you're hearing? That's the one between you and Jesus. And so... And so I, I want you to look then at Mark eleven twenty three again, and we'll finish this up on this one. It says, Be thou removed. You say, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not, but shall believe that those things which he saith, shall believe that those things which he saith, shall believe that those things which he saith, says, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so this woman, back to Mark chapter 5 now, Verse 28, she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. What are you saying about the mountain in your life right now? Are you saying there's no way? Or are you saying Jesus is the way? And I want to read this note. I said I was going to, I forgot about it. I want to read this. I wrote this down and spoke to the church on a Sunday morning. And I was thinking about all the things in the country right now, about the virus, the mass, the vaccines, and all the, all, the, all the strife going on, all different things. And so I wrote this down by the Spirit of God on September the 5th. I, wrote, I said this, concerning what we have to receive about what's going on, etc., here's what people say. Everybody has to accept it because that's how it is. But you know what I said? I said, I'm not everybody, I'm whosoever. Everybody that gets that, they die. I said, well, everybody might die, but I'm not everybody. I'm whosoever. As because I'm whosoever, if whosoever saith, I'll live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. That's Psalms 118, verse 17. That's what I said all through that thing I went through. I said, I'm going to live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. What am I doing tonight? I've declared the works of the Lord. Am I dead? No. devil tried to kill me. But I, 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 I'm not everybody that gets that blood cancer I had. I'm whosoever that got attacked by the devil and whosoever said, blood cancer, you're out of here. I'm getting better every day. Amen. And so get a hold of what I'm saying. I'll just tell you what, I, I can't camp out on that point there because I got two more I got to hit real quick. But I just, I, I got to say it again. Man, if you're having trouble with your stupid mouth, buy some gray tape. I mean that with all my heart. If you can't shut your mouth, if you're not disciplined enough, you hear these messages, hear these messages, and you still talk broke, busted, disgusted, 
Nobody likes me. I don't have any friends. Everybody's against me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't know what I'm going to do. Go down, buy some gray tape, cut you off a little slice, put it right across your mouth. And then every time that stupid stuff tries to come out, that's what the angel of the Lord did to Zacharias. That was John the Baptist's dad. He told John, he told Zacharias what he's going to do. And Jack, Zacharias started mouthing off, oh no, God can't do that. The angel smote him. And his mouth didn't open until after John was born. Amen. So I'd, I'd, I'd rather choose the gray tape myself. You know, you know what I say that? I, I say that in jest. I would not want somebody to suffocate because I put it on one time and had heart trouble breathing out my nose. So I'd had to cut a slit in it. <laughs> Is that true, Mom? <laughs> so watch your mouth because you're going to have what you say because Jesus said. So point number three, verse 27. She heard of Jesus, and then it says she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Why did she do that? Because verse 28 said, if I touch his clothes, I'll be whole. She had a point of contact. She had a point of contact. There's been many times, and look at James 1.22 again. We're going to get through this thing. There's been many times I've been at a Dr. Barclay meeting, and I knew that Dr. Barclay as my pastor had anointed him for my life. And when I've been there, a matter of fact, I did this back in, uh, I think, February this year. We was down at his conference in San Diego again. I had some things I was dealing with. And Dr. Barclay wanted to pray for the preachers one night. I had my faith released before I got to San Diego for something. And I had my faith released during the whole meetings. And in my heart, with my mouth, I said to Jesus, I said, Jesus, as soon as Dr. Barclay lays his hand on me, I'm free. You know what? Dr. Barclay laid hands on the tree, and I got delivered. That thing tried to attach itself to me. And so this woman had a point of contact. She said, if I just touch him, and see, that, that, that's the law of contact and transmission. That's what it is when you lay hands on somebody. Jesus laid hands on the name of Jesus. Jesus laid hands on a lot of people, but that's because he was full of anointing, and we as Holy Ghost people have that anointing in us. And so she, as a woman, by the way, she wasn't supposed to be there. That's another sermon. But that's why she had to get to him and sneak up on and touch him because in the Jewish society, women were not allowed to be out there in the crowds with the men. That's where the state side of the churches came from. So you had to stay away from that. Then number two, number two, with the issue of blood, they were the category of lepers. And lepers and women bleeders in public were supposed to be stoned. So that took great faith for her just to be there. Because that's why she didn't say, if I just get him to pray for me, she had to sneak up on him and said, if I just touch him, I'll be healed because I'm going to get to where the power is. And so you, in your lives, many times, you've got to have a point of contact for your faith. It might be a financial thing, and you might give a sacrificial offering, you know, to somebody, to a church, some ministry, and you might say like this, we used to have to do this sometimes. We were very, very poor and broke, but we had a lot of faith, and we survived and we made it, but sometimes we get down to our last little nothing, we put a, our last $5 bill in an envelope, and we'd melt to Oral Roberts, because we had a lot of faith in what he was doing, and we said, Lord, this is our point of contact, this is not going to buy much groceries, not going to get much gas, but Lord, we're planting this $5 as a point of contact in an Oral Roberts ministry, and we thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, 
that you're going to take care of us. It'll happen every time. And so you need to have a point of contact. At James 1.22, uh, I'll just quote it because we are getting short on time. It says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So the whole thing is, this woman, she heard as she got faith what she heard. And then she said what was going to happen when she acted on her faith, and then she acted on her faith. And, you know, that's just like Pastor Dave said, you're all preaching about tithing and everything until you actually put 10% and do it on a regular basis, a consistent part of your lifestyle, in God's offering, in God's treasury, you're not going to get the full blessings. You'll go to heaven. You'll get some blessings in life. But Malachi chapter 3 says the windows of heaven are now open. And he rebukes the devourer for you when you really start tithing. So anyway, it's what, it's what you do that counts, not what you think that counts. And so then, verse 27, of course, says she came through the crowd and touched him. But verse 29 then says this. And straight away the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt her body to heal that plague. Now talk fast because we run out of time. But point number four, she received. That's the most important thing. She received. In your life, it doesn't make any difference how much Bible you can quote, how much prayers you pray. If you never received much, what was it worth? You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking down on prayer or anything, but there ought to be coming a time you get some receiving going on. You ought to start getting some answers. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, when you operate by the Bible principles, you start getting more answers. And it's like anything else in life. What I've learned in lots of things in life, I mean, after 70 years old, I've learned a few things. There's lots of things in life, in mechanical things, carpentry things, working out at a new place out in Newberry Springs, orchard things, things I learned. It was absolutely overwhelming when I saw things I'd never done before. But by the time I started learning things and pressing in, so many things in life now that I know I didn't used to know, just is so easy. I'd be bad. It's just like popcorn going off. Pop, pop, pop. Things happen. That's how faith works for me. It got to that place in my life years ago when I learned these things, this verse right here. When I went through the cancer stuff, I had one prayer one time by one people. I had the elders of the church pray for me. I never asked Facebook to pray for me. I'd never ask another preacher to pray for me. I'd never say, do you pray for me? And when preacher wanted to pray for me, I told him, I said, hey, this is not pride. I said, I'm not too proud to have you pray for me. But I said, the Bible said, when the elders of the church pray the prayer of faith for me, the Lord raised me up and healed me. And I said, if I had to ask you to keep praying for me, then I would say that what they prayed didn't count. So I'd have to go back to square one and get the process started again. And so I said, because the Bible says... When they prayed, Jesus healed. That's where I am. And so if you want to do any prayer for me, don't ask him to do something because he's already doing it. Just raise your hands and thank him that the power of God is working through Pastor Sample's body and Pastor Sample's getting better every day. And so just stop and think about this as we're closing right now. Stop and think about this. If you're not getting results right now, stop and examine how you're praying. Are you every day asking him again and begging him to do something that you asked him about yesterday? Why are you asking him to keep saving her? Why don't you just pray the prayer of faith and say, Lord, I want to thank you. I ask laborers to cross her path. 
according to Mark chapter 9. You said, pray the Lord of the harvest, said laborers. If you ask Jesus to send the laborers, did he or didn't he? says he did. So why don't you start thanking him and change your way of thinking. Instead of praying for her salvation, say, Lord, I want to thank you. I prayed for the laborers. Lord of the harvest said, laborers, there's people sending my daughter, people sending my mother, people, whoever it is you're praying for, quit begging him to do something he wants to do. Just start thanking him. And then when you're doing that, you do what the Bible says to do. You're acting on the word. You're a doer of the word, not a hearer only. And you're going to see some results in people's lives like you've never seen. Amen. Amen. So anyway, your faith will receive whatever you need from God if you operate by these principles. Just remember that. Number one, find verses. Find verses that pertain to exactly what it is you're looking at. Number two, Start speaking those verses. When those minds hit your head, say, no, no, I want to thank you, Jesus. There's people talking to my daughter right now. Somebody's got a daughter needs to talk to. Say, Lord, I want to thank you. There's people talking to my daughter right now. And I know, Jesus, that she's listening. Lord, thank you for giving her a tender heart. And then you act on the word, do what it says. And then the greatest part comes. says you receive. And Jesus says, son, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Amen. Go home. Go home, be healed of that plague. You're blessed. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. <sighs> Hallelujah. All right, we got time to have a little altar call and pray for people? We got time? Good. Good. Pastor Dave says we can pray. So if you need prayer, come on up here, and we'll be glad to lay hands on you and pray. And, you know, I always, always like to remind you of this. There's many different kinds of prayer. The prayer of faith one of them. That's what we talked about tonight, basically, was the prayer of faith. But also, there's a prayer of agreement. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touch anything, that they shall ask me done for my Father in heaven. And so, if your faith isn't producing right now, and you need help with it, then come up here, and we're not, we're not going to override your faith. But Matthew 18, 19 says we can agree with your faith. And so we'll agree and get an agreement with you, and we'll see some things happen. So don't, don't ever, ever, ever let the devil talk about uh, you come up to get prayer, because what difference does it make what somebody else thinks? I'm the pastor, and the other night, Pastor Dave was doing something. I went up and said, man, I'll receive. I'm not too proud to receive. I want everything I can get from Jesus. Amen? And so anything you need, come on up here. We'll be glad to pray for you.